In the Pits is sponsored by Hustletown Paintball. Hustletown is a brand by Jason Tinsley of Houston that is all about representing Houston paintball and highlighting its local talent. Head to hustletownpaintball.net to browse their selection of casual wear and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message get that underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a get that shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy to learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballkumite on Instagram. Welcome everyone to episode 42 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week we'll have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans. And this episode, we are going in the pits with Andrew Howe, head pro ref for the NXL, and also the head ref for USXBL, Bunker Fest, and I'm sure a lot of other leagues as well. Andrew, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. How are you? Doing great. Uh, feels uh, good to get you on. Uh, I know that you're very involved in paintball as a whole, just across the entire U.S., so I uh, would love to hear more of your story and all of the knowledge that you've picked up over the years. <clears throat> For sure. Hopefully we can get a, get a good little thing going here. I feel like I just saw you. So <laughs> and we had a little bit, so this will be good. Oh yeah. Yeah. We saw each other. What the last two weekends in a row now. So, uh, yeah, so for those listening that maybe don't know so much about you, how long have you been involved in the tournament paintball scene? Uh, I started in tournament paintball around uh, 2000 into 2001. Gotcha. Started playing paintball around 99 in the woods and stuff, and then tournament paintball around 2000, 2001. Nice. So you've been definitely been in way longer than I have. So uh, what are as a player, what are some teams that you've played for? Um, so I'm from the Rochester, Rochester, New York area. Um, I've played for a lot of local teams that no one would really know, but, um, some of the guys that I've played with played for lockout, um, sonic rage, shockwave, Titman effect, rhythm, 
kind of that camp of uh of guys if anyone knows those names oh yeah big in the, uh, big from like 2004 to 2009 some of those and those teams there so for sure some big big names big older names uh older names for sure yeah absolutely so what was it that got you into tournament paintball um you know i was lucky enough to have an area where we had a pro team and lockout um pro paintball was a store around here that was making free flow autocockers and stuff like that so you got to see the trophies and things like that when you would go pick up a gun at the store and really like lit up my eyes and be like oh wow these are like this is a legit thing i want to go do that so um we had a couple fields that were downtown in the rochester area where we could go play on the weekends um that was more speedballish, if you will carpeted you know old post offices and stuff like that with spool fields so got me into that i was pretty young i was like 14 or 15 at that time and then there was that was kind of when paintball was starting to make that transition out of the woods and into a more speed game and um teams were looking to pick up younger guys so i got lucky as like a 15 or 16 year old to playing paintball for almost nothing you know or really really cheap on the weekends so well, so that got you... me started that got me started and i dove in pretty hard i played baseball um a couple other sports in high school too so once i once i really dove in that was that was my sport that was it so were you one of those kids that was like hey kid you you know are you fast you want to play the snake one for us you can come play for our team are you one of those you know it wasn't like it wasn't like uh by the looks of me you would say that but by any means but that's where i ended up yeah for sure very aggressive and i think that's that's how I got like into a couple spots on teams was just being that aggressive one and bunkering people out and stuff back then. So it's funny that uh, the proliferation of that, that stereotype kind of continues to this day is just a whole lot of the, Hey, are you, you know, Hey kid, do you want to come play the snake? And then uh, it seems like a lot of yeah. people nowadays kind of get their start playing the aggressive ones, just like, running down, bunkering the person in front of them, and then letting everybody else behind them clean it up. For sure. Definitely. So, I think, to, you know, and, and sometimes I think uh, that's a detriment for some kids. You know, they don't, they don't really need to be the snake one. Maybe they're really, really smart, and they should be playing a two and then into the snake. But sometimes you're just looking for athleticism a lot of the time. So, For sure. I mean, there are a few players out there that uh, the athleticism really does get them far. So, I mean, if you have the, those talents, might as well use them, right? Yeah, especially in today's game. That's a, that's a huge attribute, you know, you, you almost need to have. There's still some big guys out there that are making it happen for sure, but they're top 10 in, in their gun battling or, or in their, uh, their mental game. So, For sure. I mean, I feel like every team needs at least one of those guys that can just send it. Just You have to have that tool in your tool bag. Otherwise, uh uh, it gets real easy to to kind of find yourself in a hole and not having that avenue to you know change it up and get yourself back into games. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams are looking for the aggressive guy because it's hard to teach aggressiveness. But but yeah, holding the holding the guy back is a little bit easier than telling him, "Hey, you got to go in this situation," you know. But works out in a lot of other areas. Oh yeah. Uh, so 
As far as your involvement in tournaments, like what history do you have? Did you used to play at a high division or how, how long were you a tournament player? Yeah. So I played like high end, probably D2 high end D2 um, ish leagues. And then they had like a D3 and a D4 division as well um, up until about 2012. And then I moved from Rochester to Denver. When I did that, I played with a couple of buddies that had moved out there with me. Um, just some random D3 stuff, but that's when I got into refing. Um, mostly it was around that time, 2014, 2015, when the NXL started. Okay, cool. So you've actually had quite a long time as a player before actually getting in, into refing, but, uh, since like 2014, 2015, have you pretty much only been a ref or have you still gotten out to go play tournaments every now and then? Yeah. I mean, randomly and, and very few and far between, um, refing takes up a bunch of my time as far as that goes and, and work, but, but yeah, I, I would love to pick it up more. We're actually planning on playing with a bunch of refs for, uh, the Pittsburgh open or what was the ICC, if you will. Mm remember how that how that all went down but yeah so a bunch of old friends and old buddies we're gonna pick up the guns this year start playing a little bit more should be good maybe ion maybe a couple like different scenario stuff nothing too crazy the mechanical stuff is what me right now you know yeah mechanical definitely seems to be like the new wave that and uh the young guns division but yeah sure so um go ahead that's true I think that's very true, right? And I think that's a good thing to get the, the younger guys in. It's just how do we how do we set that hook on those young guys is 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 the uh, the question or the uh, the obstacle, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a question that Paintball's been trying to answer for a while now. And yeah. I th- thought the answer was hopefully going to come through the NCPA, the college division, but um, I don't know. Just because of COVID, everything kind of died off there, and hopefully it'll start you know coming back but seems like it's going to take a while to build up that player base again yeah i think you played in that didn't you didn't you christian is that came from yeah a a lot there was it was big in this area too in in upstate new york and i know it was big in the south and that's where a lot of referees came from too you know there was guys that played in those divisions and then they would want to ref an nxl or a psp back in the day and that's how they got into it but that got a lot of young guys because it was those programs, those college programs had money and they could put it into these clubs and stuff like that. So it was, it was a great league. Great, great league. Sure. I'm sure it was fun. You know, like those prizes were cool and you got to go to cool places. And... Oh yeah. It was, it I mean, was, it was 15, four for a while too. Wasn't it? Like people were shredding each other yeah. up for a bit, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't join until I, I joined right at the tail end of 12, two. So like 2015, yeah, yeah. 2015 I joined and then in 2016, it became 10, five, I think 2016 or 2017. That sounds right. Yeah. 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 Uh, NCPA was definitely big in Texas. Uh, a lot of team or a lot of colleges had multiple lines. I remember the very first NCPA event that I went to, I want to say had like 16 or 17 lines entered from like seven different colleges. Uh, and it was always big, like, uh, 
the Texas Longhorns, which is who I played for, had three lines. I want to say like there were some colleges like Texas A&M and North Texas that would it wouldn't be too uncommon for them to bring like five lines to an event. It was unreal how many players that they were pulling in. Yeah, you're looking at, you know, a van full of dudes, you know, if not a bus. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So uh, this next question is brought to us by Hustletown Paintball. Head to hustletownpaintball.com and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. So throughout your time uh, in the tournament paintball scene, what are some things that you've noticed that have changed, either for better or for worse? Uh, media, for sure. I think I think media is a big thing, especially now as over the last few years with you know, the shorts and the TikToks that are out there. I think we've gotten a lot of eyes on paintball that that would have never seen it or forgot about it or just coming back to them, you know, however that algorithm hit them. But I think that's that's the that's the one big thing that I think right now and I think it's I think it's for the better. Um I don't I don't see a, a ton of bad stuff. Of course, you know, a lot of people like to be that keyboard warrior and and that's just sometimes a lack of lack of knowledge on their port or they're just bored, who knows? But um that's one major thing that I see. And I think it scares some refs away from it, to be honest, if we're talking refing. Um I just know some guys that just don't want to be on camera and don't want or are afraid of that kind of thing. So or have gotten away from it because it was just too much. But that's the one thing I've noticed for sure. That's that's blatant. Um there's just more media out there, but but you get those younger players and, and it's cool for those guys to be able to like, you know, go play a match and in minutes their match is on something they can go watch and see the mistakes or learn from, learn from stuff. So I think it's, I think it's for the better, um, but I could see it going, getting reckless, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember when I first started, there was like, hey, if you had photographer at your event, it was because you had like a per- personal connection with someone who was already doing photography and they just happened to like be a friend of someone on the team. And yeah, it was that way for a while. And now it's like, geez, the sidelines just absolutely crowded. And it seems like it's a race to whoever can get the reel up first of someone bunkering someone or someone, you know, doing uh, having a big point or even just reloading now. <laughs> yeah. Anything, right. Anything that gets the the cool view. Yeah. Some of the, I mean, a lot of those paintball videos that I saw like in the shorts and stuff for a while were reloading videos or people dropping paint or, you know, people busting their gun or something like that. The, the funny stuff, if you will, but. Yeah. And good stuff. There's some good stuff out there though. I'll, I'll give those guys credit. The divisional stuff that they catch is amazing. Like some of that stuff is what people don't see, you know, or haven't seen because because most of the pro stuff you see, you know, pretty pretty regularly. But you know, some of that divisional stuff is amazing. I love it. I love that. Um, so verbal Brian Wolf, he just posted a video uh, a couple hours ago. It was a uh, bunker fest montage of everybody that he caught getting bunkered on camera. And I thought that was, it was great just seeing run throughs over and over again. So a lot of it through the car wash, which, uh, that yeah. seemed the field was definitely conducive to people running through the car wash to go and bunker someone. 
So there's plenty of content there. That's what they wanted. That's what they got, you know? <laughs> yeah, but Chris knew he exactly what he stuff. was doing. Yeah. Verbal does some good stuff, too. He's a good dude. He's yeah. at a lot of events, and he's devoted, especially in the you know near area, in the Texas area, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's not just going to events. Like He's regularly at uh, Paintball Fit Nightball, uh, which is just you know Friday yeah. night. Uh, just weekend practice. He's there pretty much every weekend, just kind of filming whatever he wants. And he'll post some really great highlights. Like I, there's so much stuff just from his night ball stuff, which that's those points are just hopper ball. And the amount of things that he's able to get on that are just, it's really cool. How, um, how talented that verbal is and how quickly he's kind of risen to the top in terms of the media game. I agree. And those, you know, that's a, he's just so smart for going out to those, those, cause it's hopper ball, man. You got to make some crazy stuff happen. You know, like you said, I went there, I did a clinic and there was, there just happened to be night ball going on that night. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there was some crazy stuff going on, but, <laughs> but it's so much fun. I mean, you play hopper ball, it's unlimited for i can't remember the price on it but it's unlimited until nine o'clock or like dusk till nine o'clock or something like that in the summer 10 o'clock or something you can get a ton of points in doing that those, those games are quick because it's just hopper ball oh, yeah. you can learn a lot of stuff or just practice one thing if you wanted to you know maybe you just want to go play left-handed just go play left-handed hopper ball yep yeah it's a very very cool thing that uh paintball fit has going for them and yeah. Uh, yeah, they get a ton of time behind the gun, that's for sure. Definitely. You can tell. You can tell those guys uh, in that area and those those teams in that area are very technically sound. Um, or if you'll see some players and in months you'll see them grow, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, you are obviously most known for being the head referee on the NXL Pro Field. Uh, you're also the head ref for many leagues around the U.S., uh, including most recently BunkerFest and USXBL here in Texas. So how did you get your start in paintball refing? Um, so when I moved from Rochester to Denver, actually, let's back up. So the last, the last league that I played in was the USPA, and that league had... I think eight or nine of the pro refs on our field for that division two or semi-pro league, whatever it was, division three, whatever it was. Um, and so I knew a lot of those guys and I'd coached some of them and I'd played with some of them too. So I knew a bunch of the dudes that were on that, on that PSP pro field before it made the NXL switch. And so they had kind of whispered in my ear that if, you know, they wanted me to come, um ref with them before but i was a player and i just had a job and stuff and i didn't really want to but when i moved to denver i told uh cj who was the head at the time um that i'd be interested if there was ever opening so when the nxl became a thing that's when i got the call from him so it was kind of a, a know somebody thing if you will mm-hmm. but it worked out so that was in the start of the nxl in 2015 Got it. So what was it that made you want to become a ref? I think that for a long time, 
referees and players, there was always such a a bad back and forth between them, right? And I always felt like referees, as a player, I never felt like referees would ever listen, right? And or they would just turn their back on you or it just seemed like they were always against you. Right. Or you didn't know if they were on your side or not. You know, you never, there was always like this weird, like, Oh, you're, it seems like you're my friend, but you're kind of like screwing me, you know, like what's going on here. So I always wanted to feel like, okay, there needs to be an open line of communication at some level. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be, obviously not every referee should be talking to players, but I think there should be a better understanding at what went on in the point and let's explain it and not just here's what happened you know, no, no ifs, ands, or buts, let's go to the next point, you know, because I think it was like that for a long time. And I think it, in some areas it still is, you know, and, and to some degree it has to be like that. But um, that was the main reason. I was like, man, I just want to be like, I want to make the game better, you know, or at least like a better experience for the player, right? Because it just always seemed like you never really knew, like, Man, is it our day or not? You know, and I'm sure players still feel like that today. You know, I'm still, I'm sure there's still players out there that feel like, man, we're just getting screwed today by the refs, you know, but that's, that was my, that was my intention going into it was come to it from a player's perspective, but still, still keep the game, uh, still keep the game true. You know what I mean? Still, Still keep those rules um, legit, if you will. You know what I mean? And I think we've come a long way in the way that, that, that the game is refed in the last 10 years or five years, whatever it's been, um, for the better, I think. You know, and the format changes, and, and, uh, but there's still the same things. There's still the same issues that happen. So, and I think we've gotten better, but I don't know. What, what would you say? Like, what, what's your going into a tournament or going into a day like is that one thing that's on your mind like worrying about the referees or who what crew you're gonna get or what field you're on because i i feel like there's a lot of that it's like man this field over here was pretty bad but these guys were okay you know and i just want consistency is the main thing that we got to aim for um it's i mean as the titans so the titans play in a lot of the local leagues and then we do a little bit of traveling like we'll play the nxl we'll play bunker fest um and so we there are a few refs that have seen us at a lot of events like uh mikey for example he was uh one of the refs on the giant field at bunker fest like last year i think he refed us for like our first four events in a row or something like that and so we just always saw him uh there are a few refs that like we kind of get to know over the course of events and they get to know us. Um, I wouldn't say we necessarily like worry about refs in terms of like who that specific person is. Um, that's yeah, I didn't mean that. I just mean like, do you do in general? Are you like, man, I wonder if these refs are going to screw us today, even if it's just you know a random set of guys that you've never seen before? Um, I'm sure they're great. I mean, we, we understand like with how many tournaments that we've all played, we understand that, um, 
you know, sometimes you just have a lot of calls that go your way. Sometimes the ref is just absolutely on it and you're, you know, you're going to get it called on a lot more things. Like we understand that there's definitely like good luck and bad luck days. Um, we're, but in terms of like worrying about if a ref is like out to get us or anything like that, I don't think we're ever, uh, in that position, like we'll definitely notice if, um, like we're watching a field, if, you know, which refs are tending to throw more flags, uh, you know, compared to a different field or maybe a side of the field, things like that. But I don't think that, uh, for, for, at least for me personally, like we're not too worried about, oh, this you know, we're going to go into the event expecting to have like inherent disadvantage because of whoever it is that's roughing. Yeah. And I guess I ask that because sometimes when I go to um, like local leagues or regional, regional tournaments, I get a lot of that. Like guys will come up to me and be like, Hey, that ref in the corner, he screwed us before he doesn't like us. And I'm like, guys, I promise. He does not care if you win or not, you know, like, um, and sometimes there's a relationship there, right. From, from maybe they played on a team before and we try to eliminate that if we can, but, um, yeah, it just seems like randomly at bunker fest, it seems like there was a lot of that players, players come up to me like that ref over there has it out for us for sure. And I was like, man, I really don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would say that there is a little bit of that sentiment that uh players do think that you know they got treated more harshly than they should have um and i would say that there's also a lot of players out there that don't fully understand the rules i would say like they haven't read the full rule book of like the nxl rule book for example like the big thing uh being that like hey it's the player's responsibility to know when they're hit like that's that's the biggest thing and i think if that single thing was more understood by players in general then that would eliminate a ton of issues and that kind of bad blood that players might feel towards uh reffing crews because ultimately like if you get shot doesn't matter where it doesn't matter if you felt it or not doesn't matter if it's obvious or not like it's your responsibility to get out or the way the rules are written, you're getting a flag. Yeah, the in obvious obvious hit thing gets brought up a lot, and I think that's because that's the way it used to read in the rules, mm. but that's just not a thing anymore. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of a lot of players just maybe are unaware of some rule changes or um, how the rules enforced. Maybe it's just a, a you know an enforcement thing and how the procedure thing, if you will, like you know. I get it a lot. I get it a lot in, in D4 and D5 stuff where they're just like, oh, we didn't know that. You know, and it's like, oh, okay, well, here it is, you know. But sometimes it's like a guy maybe who's been playing for a while and the rule used to be this and now he interprets it differently and or now it is interpreted differently. So. Yeah. And I think that there can be better communication about those rule changes. Um, like there was a rule change for this season involving uh, like pod runners and extra people on the field, which like I, I personally, I, 
attended the NXL ref training back at the beginning of February or end of January, whenever it was that you came down to X Factor. Yeah, and it wasn't in And not only was it not in there, but if I wasn't a member of the Facebook group with everybody that's been to NXL trainings and is NXL certified, I would not have known of that change at all. Right. So in yep. general, I, I think I, stuff I would, like that can be better communicated. I would, I would bet that most of the players that played didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And it's like a minor change as far as like, you're not going to see it affect the game that often, but right. No, there's a barrel bag change too. Like that thing's kind of, there's a couple of just random things, but yeah. Yeah, not I think procedurally, procedurally we're, we're, uh, we haven't really changed too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, real quick, just looking at people in the chat right now, we from Chris Harrison, uh, says, what up, Andrew Cooper says, hi, you do a hell of a job. Chris, yeah. And then, uh, Aussie boy is asking, uh, He's curious if there was any of that kind of bad sentiment at USXBL. I think we'll talk about USXBL here in a little bit. Uh, So for those that are listening that maybe they have never uh, refed a tournament before, um, could you give a brief summary about like what the job title is for a tournament referee? Yeah. yeah. First of all, shout out to Cooper. He is the man, by the way. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, refing. Uh, you said like USFBL and stuff like that. I uh, just like any any tournament really. Like, what what is it like? What is the job? D- describe to us what the job involves. So usually, you know, you got to be there, you know, an hour and ahead of time. Um, as far as just the procedure and how the day goes, um, you'll get a lunch and you're gonna be refing for a long time. Usually, breaks are in between the matches or five to ten minutes that's just kind of how the day goes right that's your schedule um but you're expected to be on time look professional um handle yourself professionally a lot of times we get players that get a little bit heated say some crazy stuff um, but you always got to act professional that's one of the main things and then really you you gotta have a, a good knowledge of the rules and then apply those rules right there's not a whole lot that I have to teach a guy in, in a lot of these um, leagues that I'm repping. I have a pretty good crew on most of them. I'm super lucky. And then I've gotten like guys that have repped those divisions or regionals um, for a long time. So they pretty much know what to do. But, you know, you get your position um, and you've done the clinic. You learn your rotation. You learn the, the names of the guys around you. Um, and you try to work together in those in those pods, if you will. And uh you go from there, but really it's, it's always a long day. You know, it's always a, it's always a grind. Staying hydrated is one of your biggest jobs um, and staying fresh. So being honest with your head referee and being honest with the people around you and be like, Hey man, I'm not, I'm not in it right now. I need a little bit of help um, and being good at communication. So that's pretty much it. You know, a level head, good communicator, um, good eyes, obviously. And a good knowledge of the rules really will get you through it, you know, um, and, and, and a good and a person that's humble. Right. Like if you make a mistake, admit it because no one wants to be lied to about the mistake you made. And it's OK to make a mistake because it's going to happen. Right. Like 
paintball players are going to mess up. Referees are going to mess up. Coaches are going to mess up. Scoreboard might mess up. There's going to be some stuff that goes wrong, but if we can all be honest with each other and communicate, usually everything is, can, can keep it moving, you know? For sure. So for those referees that are like very good referees or those that like get noticed for being very good at their job, what are the things that those referees do to like stand out? Uh, like towards me, towards a head referee, uh, either, uh, towards you or maybe just like, what, what is it that the refs that are like noticeably good at their job compared to like just the average ref? Like what? Okay. Um, I mean, I would consider a good ref, someone that's honest. Um, like I said, good knowledge of the rules, but isn't like super, um police-ish if you will you know what i'm saying like there's some times where you got to make a judgment call or a discretionary call there is some things in paintball that are just like that um luckily a lot of, not a lot of the rules that are you know super super important like major ma- minor penalties are like that those are very, pretty black and white but you know when you got a, a a little kid pod runner that walks in the field and you bang him with a minor in a d5 tournament it's like all right well let's have some let's have some discretion here let's have a little bit of customer service too you know because these guys are paying a good amount of money to play paintball and we all love paintball so let's just keep it going you know but i think those guys that are honest a good a good uh a good knowledge of the rules someone that can explain their call very clearly is super important to me but so if a lot of times I'm refing, I didn't see what happened in the other corner, you know, because um, I'm not constantly scanning the field when I'm in these in these situations sometimes. So um, someone that can explain the call really well or diffuse the situation so that the call can get explained is is a good weapon for me or a good uh, a good person to have around for sure. For sure. Uh, we noticed, um, I was sitting with Johnny Lucal, uh, just watching the, uh, I think it was the premier finals on Saturday at bunker fest. We noticed, uh, there were two refs on the Dorito side that just like, they were, they were catching everything. Like you could not get a single thing past them, which, uh, kind of speaking of, uh, just because I just thought of it, uh, I was talking to, uh, Jeremy Zimmerman, over the weekend because uh, he was coaching at USXBL for the jackpot team in D4, in D4 on Sunday. And I just mentioned to him because he was the first pro coach that I had ever had. I was like, hey, you know, I'm, he's asked me how the podcast is doing. I said uh, I was going to get you on this week. And he said, this man right here has single-handedly thrown more penalties on me, catching me cheating than any other ref combined that he has ever played for to the point where he admitted that if he saw you on the field, he was going the other way or he was just not cheating because he knew like you were not going to get any, you know, you were not going to let one slip by on him. I think I know who that is. I'm pretty sure I do. (laughs) Former AC Dallas, AC diesel player, uh, not doing too much. Okay. Okay. Nowadays, I think he's kind of been removed for a little bit, but he's still coaching. He's still around in paintball. So gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah. Um yeah. So he was coaching Bunker Fest or USXBL? Uh he was coaching USXBL. He was coaching Jackpot. Oh, the Jackpot. The Jackpot guys, you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where'd those guys come from? <laughs> uh they came out of nowhere. They're new this year. 
Um, I know yeah. it's like a, a father. I think his name is Matthew Blanco and his son. He's like trying to help the son kind of really get into the game. So he's trying to, you know, bring right in on. other other people to help him help his son, you know, not only play together, but learn. Yeah, it seems like uh, just over the last couple of years, I haven't really seen, you know, a bunch of new, new teams, but that seemed like one of them I was like, oh, that's a New Jersey out there. So, yeah, they're Good new this year for sure. Like they mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, I know this question wasn't in the script that I sent you, but I, I kind of sentiment that I hear a lot for refs is that um or I don't know if it's a sentiment or more so like a misconception, but I hear from players that they believe that you, in order to be a good ref, you need to have played at a high level. Would you agree with that? Mm, Yes and no. I think that there's been situations where it's been really hard to get a pl- get the player out of a referee does that make sense um sometimes they're just a little bit too lenient if you will they want to be too fair to the player side um but i think you need a knowledge like uh, i would say most most high end players could ref on most divisions in the NXL with with if they have a good knowledge of the rules and stuff like that cuz i think they know procedurally how we do things but i've got guys that have never played in a tournament before that are super good refs you know and they're just and they're not they're they're consistent they know the rules very very well they apply them perfectly and they can explain everything very, very well. So that's that's the main the main thing you need is an understanding of of the game for sure, but the procedure behind that too. You know, like I think that's that's what sets those guys apart that are able to do it without the knowledge or the high end of uh, they played at B two or D B three or you know semi pro or pro. You know, those guys that are. You know, and they're just more intelligent, really, is what it comes down to. They're just smarter, really. You know, some of the other guys will get by, you know, a, D, a D3 or a D4 guy comes in, and they just got the reps. They just see a lot of paintball, so they get it, too, you know. But I don't know. I've also had I've also had ref with pro guys before in the past that I would never want them on my field again refing, you know. but And maybe it's just because they didn't really care, but. I would say it's not a requirement. It helps. Yep. Cool. So, um, all of that being said, um, what was it that eventually like earned you this position of being the head ref on the pro field at the NXL? I think it was just being consistent. Um, I don't think, yeah, I think, and maybe right place at right right time, you know. There was a there was a a big, I would say, like, you know, two or three two or three years. There was a big ex, not an exodus, but we were losing guys, and guys were coming in um, around the COVID time. Twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one was a big um, 
big change for us. That's not when I got the job, but I'd say that's when the that's when it, I got like my other head wrapping jobs. Does that make sense? When I started doing a little bit more of that, um, but really, I think I just got the job because I was consistent. Um, a guy that was like sort of my mentor in paintball and you know a teammate of mine was the head referee on the field for a while so it kind of got passed down if you will but that's uh i think i think just being consistent and being honest when i made a mistake was what got me the job i, I made every event too i was lucky I had, I had a job where i could just take that time off and i was at every event from i've never missed an event since 2015 in the nxl so consistency that's it i think that's a big part of it for sure um so let's see um so you are the head ref of the NXL and then you mentioned that it kind of helped you get uh the head refing positions in other leagues as well. So tell me what are all of the leagues that you're uh either a ref or the head ref for? Yeah, I think that's what got me those jobs. <laughs> um but I I do uh USXBL I do some of the XTPLs at uh, Paintball Fit. Um, I do MSXL, a couple of those. Those ones I kind of like to just ref, not head ref if I can, but pass that off to someone else if I can. Um, Bunker Fest this year, NXL. What am I missing? You do the ICPLs at all? ICPL, yeah. Sorry, ICPL. Um, that's it. And that's a pretty much a full schedule this summer for me. So there's a weekend or there's months where I'm gone, you know, three weeks out of the month. So, but it's fun. Some of those, I wish we were going to some cooler places in some of these leagues, but none of them are terrible. You know, Texas has always been good to me. So I like it. I like going there. Um, not really going to California this year at any time. Maybe a dub C haven't really decided. Um, and the schedule's kind of, kind of messed up, but we'll see. Yeah. I know a lot of the bunker fest events happen the same weekend as a lot of the WC events this year. Right. Right. hundred um, percent. That's the, I think all of them are all of them. Okay. Yeah. I knew, I know the first two were for sure. Yeah. I think, I think they all match up. Maybe one later season, but yeah, MSXL is the other one that um, that's out there. That's kind of fun for me because I don't usually I don't have to add rep it, so that's good. <laughs> I'm just ref and not have to deal with some of the things that head refs have to. So that's I'm good. Su- surprised that uh, the TSXL Tri-State X Ball League isn't on that listing. Is like you're kind of more up in that area. They're on the calendar. I just haven't, I haven't committed to anything. And really, I think there's a couple of those weekends where like, I want to do some fishing and some, some vacation stuff. So I want to do that, but we'll see. You never know. I got approached by MVPS recently, but their event is the same weekend of MSXL and I want to go to Nashville. So. Mm Gotcha. So, you guys ever play any MSXLs? No, we've pretty much just stayed local. Uh, we, I mean, there's 
plenty of paintball to be played in Texas for sure. So we do yeah, you like got, you got set up here for sure. Yeah, we got USXBL, we got Bunker Fest, we got the NXL Texas event. Um, we usually uh, there's like two different regions of the USXBL. There's usually the main series, South Central region, and then there's usually a Gulf Coast series, which is all Houston. We usually try to do one event in Houston. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the Jackson uh, Jackson Brothers that run that one? No, um, it's always been at Houston Zone for the last couple of years, which is okay. run by a guy named Jason Tinsley. Okay. And I don't know if they're going back there this year or not, um, just because it seems like USXBL is kind of consolidating quite a bit this year. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, there's definitely plenty of events to be played here. Yeah, that's for sure. So... Uh, as the head ref for all of these different leagues, I know you're uh, you're flying out all the time to participate in tournaments, clinics, uh, including clinic that you did here earlier this year at X Factor. So, is this uh, is this job of being a head referee or just a paintball referee? Um, would you consider it like a more like proper part-time job or full-time job and what is it that you do outside of paintball for your regular job that allows you to be able to take all this time off to go ref so for me it's always been a a part-time job or an added income if you will um i've always been a, in restaurants or bartending something like that um most recently, I was a butcher for a little thing that I was doing out in Colorado. Um, but a lot of a lot of people use it as a, or it's it's their part time it's their part time gig. There's a the few guys and, and gals that do it as a a full time um, a full time job, I guess you could call it that. But you know, they're doing three or four weekends a month in the summertime plus clinics plus that it gets to be a lot so it's good to take a break i think um you get a little burnout but um most of my guys on the pro field don't go to a lot of regional events and stuff because they take so much time off from their regular job to do nxls so um but there are a few of us that travel quite a bit right now i'm just doing paintball gotcha so, um, I mean, for anyone who has never gone through, like, been a ref at a local event or never done NXL or anything like that, would it, would you recommend to them that they take one of the NXL, uh, clinics or even just, you know, even without formal training, just ref a local event to feel, get like the feel for what the job's like? I think so. And even if you're not really interested in in necessarily refing um NXLs like you said, I think it's good just to get a knowledge of the rules and and to learn the the game better. Um a couple of the clinics that I've done recently, it's a lot of new teams, new D5 players that want to know the rules or want to just understand the game better and go on and ref, you know, an NXL or something like that in their region. That's really what what those uh what those clinics are made for but but i highly highly recommend someone take one of those and sometimes there's just 
you know, the, the rule book is, is very hard to read sometimes, right? Some of those rules are super wordy and it's hard to understand the procedure behind them when they're so wordy, right? <laughs> but, and if you don't watch a lot of paintball or if you don't, you know, play a lot of paintball, it can, it can be a nightmare. So I think it's a good way just to learn the rules. Um, I've had a couple of guys recently just reach out and be like, hey, can I just come take a clinic or do a clinic with you? So that if I do one day want to jump on, you know, at a USXBL and NXL, you know, or, or one of the uh, NXL affiliates or something, they can do that. So I think it's I think it's super valuable for teams. Like when I did the one out there um, in San Antonio, there was it was mostly two teams that were like, yeah, these guys want to go out and do the Round Rock event for the NXL or, you know, do one of the affiliates like USXBL or something like that. But um it's uh I, I I think there's tons of value. It doesn't cost much, so Yep. Um I mean for us uh down in Texas when I signed up for the clinic, honestly I just wanted to get that knowledge just so I could partly become a better player and just understand like what it is sure. like the refs are looking for, not to say that I'm trying to learn how to cheat, but um you know, just understanding, hey, this is exactly like the ref's kind of thought process as they're uh, assessing, you know, maybe assessing a right. penalty or like getting like what's what their thought process is. Like if uh, a play happens and they need to like kind of break down what the outcomes are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's anyone, anyone that's playing any sport should definitely know the how the the wrapping procedure is going to go down, right? Like highly valuable, I think. For sure. Um, and another question, I know it's not on the script here, but uh, I know uh, sometimes the problems that plague uh, paintball tournaments in terms of like player, um, like disposition against the refs, often come down to just the lack of uh, like just sheer number of refs that are available. And I'm sure mm. you have a better kind of familiarity with the, like how, how big or how small the refing pool actually is. Um, would you say like, do you think there are actually enough refs out there? Uh, like if the players are complaining and they just say, Oh, why didn't the, this tournament series just you know shell out for another ref or two to have on the field or do you think like there's actually a kind of like shallow ref pool at the moment yeah i think there's two problems one it's expensive ref, like paying refs is not cheap and and it's and and i think most leagues would would want to pay like per ref they would want to pay more right if they if they could afford it um and and there is just a smaller pool of guys that want to do it. And sometimes there's a bigger pool of guys that want to do it that shouldn't be doing it. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a small and that's I, I went to a, a referee uh, like big convention out in uh, in Colorado last year with Tom and Jason, and it's it's in every sport there's a lack of referees, and there's. But there's definitely more leaving that are coming in at that. Um, 
everywhere. So, and and the average age is going up in referees too. So, it's it's tough to find people that are into the sport that they play or whatever to to go and do that referee job. Um, it's not luxurious paintball. It's tough. You get shot. You know, you're out there in 100 degree weather in Texas. You know, in Nashville and Florida, um, in California. You know, those are those are hot areas when paintball is being played in June and July. So it's not luxurious. It's definitely, um, I don't think anyone really does it for the money. You know, um, I think you really got to have a love for the love for the sport. And unfortunately, some of those guys that love the sport just shouldn't be refing, um, as much as, as much as I hate to say it, but the pool, the pool right now is very, very small. So just to kind of give everybody else uh, context for how small the rough pool is or how big it really needs to be. Um, now I know the answer to this question, but as far as being able to adequately ref a tournament, um, how many refs would you say you need on the field at a time? And I know for the pro field, how, how many refs do you have on the pro field at NXL events? Um, I think it depends on the division and, and the, the staff that you have as far as like the quality of the refs that you have, but I think you can get it done with eight guys, you know, um, like at a higher division, I think you can get it done with eight, you know, um, that would be the lightest I would ever go. However, on the pro field, we do 12, 12 on field plus me in the tower. So I'm above everybody. And then there's 12 on the field. Yeah, I know that paintball is like probably the only sport that I know of uh, that you need as many refs as you do players on the field. Like the only yeah. the only sport that doesn't apply to are those like like combat sports, one on one sports where you have yeah. like a ref and two guys or, you know, tennis or whatever. Yeah, because I mean, and we zone ref, right? So, you know, sometimes you're a little bit heavy, but you know, typically you're you're in a good spot with twelve, and that's that's the number I usually like to have on the pro field. I don't go under that. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. We've had fourteen sometimes. Um, I know I was talking to a, a guy that was over uh, refing Bunker Fest. He's from Germany, and he he did the Millenniums, mm-hmm. and they ref man, they ref man on man. So it was ten guys, I think, that he was saying. But then you literally follow the player, like you don't pass the guy off. So right. there's a lot of bird, there's a lot of bird dog in that in that situation. But that's just how they did it. Mm. Yeah, we got to talk with that guy because he was refing on the giant field, and he couldn't believe how hot it was in Texas oh, that yeah. day. <laughs> it was that yeah, and player. the rain. He was yeah. complaining, and I was like, "Look, you don't like the weather. We got a saying here in Texas, which is if you, if you don't like the weather, wait ten minutes." And uh, he his response he was just like, "Ah, shit." <laughs> he, he didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I think he uh, he left a little bit of a sunburn for sure. Mm, for sure. So, um, this next question is brought to us by Fu Athletics. Uh, go to thefuathletics.com and use code in the pits twenty five for twenty five percent off of your order. So, out of Everything that you've done in your paintball career so far, be it as a ref, be it as a player, what has been your single favorite moment in your career so far? 
And even if um, you want to separate that into one as a player, one as a ref, you can do that too. Sure. I think refing, refing in Brazil was pretty cool. Just anytime you get to go to a different country, they just have such a like a different outlook on on paintball. They love it so much more. I feel like for some reason, but uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and I got to do it with my with my girl too. So that was that's pretty great. Um, playing wise, I got to win a couple of tournaments with my buddies, you know, and that was always great. Um, I'm hoping I got some good good memories still coming, you know. So in the in the near future with some of these games we're gonna play. So I'm looking forward to this year. To be honest. And traveling's always been like one of the better parts. Like last year we went to Universal before Cup and that was great, you know, just to go and hang out. Because a lot of times we only get like, you know, <laughs> the time from when we leave the field to when we go to bed to really mm-hmm. hang out with each other. And you can get it in right there, but um, you know, you're trying to get to sleep too, so you only get to spend a few hours with those guys. It's nice to hang out with your boys for a couple extra days or something like that. That's the main goal with uh with the extra time that we got. So those are always good. It's just it's just like a team in paintball, you know what I mean? Like mm. you wanna go hang out with your buddies and, and do your stuff and, and do a good job and, and uh walk away with a paycheck and, and feel satisfied and hopefully put out a good product for the for the promoter. For sure. And I, I think that you also might be in a little bit of a special situation as well, because you're in a relationship with someone who is also a NXL ref, which I'm sure has its uh, benefits just because you you know, if you're traveling to go ref in NXL and she's traveling as well. Yeah. And, And that's, that's also like one of the, the best things that's ever come out of paintball for me is I've, I've gotten my significant other from it. So um but yeah it's awesome traveling with her refing with her everything we get to do together is super special so she's in china right now and i miss her but (laughs) she's uh taking care of some business but Mm. it is super special and it's always nice to have a travel buddy i did it for a while like by myself like going from airport to airport by myself it gets a little lonely but it's good if you like to travel it's uh it's it's pretty uh Pretty awesome, I'll say that for sure. Pretty lucky. Sure. If you don't uh, like to travel, don't recommend it. If you don't like hotels, <laughs> if you don't like if you don't like renting cars, if you don't like getting in, into the airplane, if you can't sleep on an airplane, I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's not for you. I'll just say that right flat out, you know. Especially with but, how often you're traveling, hell, let alone how often you're in Texas. I mean, you're about to come back here in what, three weeks for the next NXL event too. Yeah, I'll be back in three weeks, and then I'll be in Nashville right after that for about a week and a half, two weeks, and then the two weeks after that, I'll be in Texas for the following. So, a lot of Texas this year. Texas is good, though, man. I like Texas. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of Texas, um, you so you just refed Bunker Fest, the first event of the year, the Alamo Blitz, and then you also just refed the USXBL Planet Eclipse Open, which is the first event of the year. So how was it? How was the experience just in general? How was it refing those events? Um, Bunker Fest was long. Um, they just had some some unforeseen stuff that that happened. Um, injuries and things like that happened. Mm-hmm. Scoreboard 
and all that kind of stuff. But they were long days. Um, but I think the paintball was good, and I think the product was good. I haven't watched any of the the webcasts, but I think that was pretty cool that they did the three webcasts. Um, it seems like there was a lot of paintball being played, and and uh, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> it was good though. It was good for sure. Different, but good. Um, I think they'll they'll learn from whatever mistakes or whatever uh, things they weren't prepared for, hopefully, and and it'll just get better. USXBL, I think they've um, had a good product for a while, but they're locking down that you know that one really really honed in on one field, and I highly recommend getting out to those events because that's good. That's good competition. It's a good product. Um, yeah, and it's. I think there's a couple in Dallas, right, coming up. So the next tour in Dallas, one next back or something like that. So yeah, we'll be around. Those are good, good paintball. Good paintball at both. I think there was um, some cool prizes handed out too. So I know the kids; they got some sweet belts at Bunker Fest. Cooper was showing me his, and that thing was cool. Mm. I think yeah. they I think they did they did some cool stuff, you know. For sure, at both of them. And I think both ran well. I like that it's one field at USXBL because I think you get a good set of refs. Mm. Uh, so, Yeah, doing that on one field, kind of downsizing to one field seems like you you know exactly what you're going to get the whole day. Uh, yep. That's a positive change there, I think, as far as the, the player experience yeah uh one person in the chat lock re uh says uh usxbl just on only on one field seemed better than uh it being on two fields in the previous years and speaking of those kids that got the belts i'm actually going to have them uh that entire line is going to get to come on the podcast here in two weeks and really looking forward to that one that's gonna be a fun one that was um uh the purple team right yeah tko tko yeah 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 man uh yeah they they got uh shout out to those to those uh those parents that are doing that for those kids (laughs) because just remember my mom was not about paintball dude Mm -hmm. i had to do some 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 sneaking around to play and i think that that's super awesome that those guys got the support that they're getting so good for them for sure for sure important uh Kind of speaking of all the leagues that you have refed, uh, you've refed everything all over the U.S., you know, some WC. I'm sure you've refed other local events in the past as well as, you know, the main national events in the NXL and the ICPL. Um, are there obvious differences between the different leagues in terms of like either how smoothly they're run or the quality of competition? And then out of all of those leagues, which ones out of all of the either leagues or maybe even individual events that you've been involved in, which have been your favorite to participate in? Um, I would say there's a, there's a difference, but it's really only because other leagues have been running longer than some of them, uh, some other ones, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that's once you work out some of the kinks and you know what you got to get in to have a better product, I think that's, I think leagues are starting to figure that out. Um, there's some holes for sure in, in different regions, but um, I think for the most part, things are run pretty well. I will say that for me, 
um, the NXL and the stuff that I do in Texas is is the best for me. Um, I get treated the best at those, and and uh, and I just, the paintball is just usually you know good or or very good. Texas has a lot of good paintball, and even the even the bad paintball that you see, or not bad paintball, even the newer paintball that you see, you know, the, the newer teams you see, they get good fast. It's crazy. So, um, let's see Texas probably. I like reffing in Texas. Um, California has some really good paintball too, though. It's just that they have their, they kind of have their, their refs in, in some of those uh, local leagues that are good. So, you know, they don't really need to reach out too much and travel people in. So, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think USXPL, NXL, um, in the, in the last year were probably my favorite, um, Bunker Fest, I've only done one, so like, I don't really, I don't really know. They have some plans to do, to go to some really fun places, and that's what, that's what I'm really looking forward to, mm-hmm. and they're, uh, they're, it seems like they're a pretty big, big league right now, so. But in most of the most leagues that I've, you know, XTPL, same thing. I get treated pretty good there. MSXL, you know, I get treated well there too. So it's not, I would just say if I had to pick some, those would be the three. Hmm. But Gotcha. And uh, I mean, Texas appreciates having you uh, down as often, especially as often as you are. And uh, here in Texas, at least amongst the players and teams, we always say to ourselves that it's obvious that i uh, what's happening in Texas, like all of the divisional teams in Texas are just clearly better than the rest of the U S. And usually that's like <laughs> that. I, I mean, you look at the finishes at the NXL. I mean, the facts are right okay. there. Cause usually, okay. you know, you see Texas teams always taking these wins at the NXL, no matter what division it's in. Uh, I mean, even this can't last, deny, can't deny that, I guess. Even this last NXL, it, the Sunshine Major, I think there was only really Texas teams in pro, semi-pro, and D2. I didn't remember really any D3 or 4 or 5 teams, which is a little unusual. But like uh, this past NXL, look at the finals in Division 2. We had Shut Up or Trying. In uh, the finals yeah. in semi-pro, Paintball Fit ended up winning. And then, yep. you know... Pro, of course, you know, Dynasty is on an absolute tear right now, but you've got four pro teams out of Texas right now. You've got X Factor, Houston Heat, AC uh, Diesel, and then um, uh, Austin Notorious. So you got four, you know, 20% of the pro league is out of Texas right now. So uh, would you say that, like, at least from your point of view, I know you're on the field refing, so you get to see it firsthand a lot of the time, especially, you know, when these divisional teams get their spot on the finals field. Uh, would you say there is, like, a clear level, like, difference in the level of play among the different regions? Yes. I would say when you're looking at guys that are playing – even in the north, and this is even back in the day, I think. But um, you know, you look at guys that are playing D three in the northeast, and guys that are playing D three in Texas. There's a there's a difference. Same thing in the Midwest. I would say maybe in Florida and California and Texas, we're maybe a little bit on the same level at one point. 
Um, and maybe they still are, but I think there's more competitive teams in Texas. There's a lot of players in Florida and a lot of players in California. Um, you know, and California is still, still not, you know, still right there. I would say it's, I would, I would like to see California teams and Texas teams that there be a regional event where they were playing against each other more. Cause I think, I think you guys, yeah, you guys are like, Texas is really, really good. And I think that, you know, they're up there. They're probably, you know, it's, it's them or California, I would say. Right. Like as far as the regions go, but you guys don't play each other enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like California teams don't, don't travel. I feel like as much as you guys do or Texas teams do to the NXL. Does that make sense? Totally fair. I, th- yeah. I think you guys, I think you guys are out there. Florida teams travel pretty well. And then you got your Midwest teams or you got guys on Midwest teams on Texas teams or something like that. But I think that, uh, I think you guys travel, you guys travel well, you know, and I would love to see somehow, you know, and, in the NXL is, is usually the one, but for some reason, those California teams, I don't think are as prevalent going to those events, mm-hmm. but I think that if they could get a California, Texas showdown of some sort, that, that'd be cool. Yeah, we'd be down yeah, for sure. I bet there's, I bet there that's that I would say those are the two in Florida's. I mean, I just don't spend a lot of time in Florida other than when I'm in the NXL to really know, but um, they got some squads out there too, for sure. For sure. Uh, I think that we'd be down if we could set uh, something up. Like if the NXL uh, could ever, if the NXL ever decided to go back to Phoenix, uh, you know, that'd be a pretty good middle ground or, you know, I think Vegas, Vegas exactly. Right. I think Vegas is the answer, but, uh, and hopefully I think that's on the, on the, on the plans. I I think everyone loved going to Vegas, good weather, you know, you can always get a good hotel. You know, you can always get some good entertainment for sure. And uh, yeah, it's just fun. So mm. tons right. of national monuments around and stuff too. Like really cool stuff you can travel to if you're going to take a day or two uh, before or after. So I think Vegas needs to be a destination for sure. I think Tom Call has said publicly on the Spick and Span show that the plan is for 2024 uh, to go back to Vegas when they unveil the whole betting uh, thing with partnership with paintball. That would make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. I'm supposed to talk to them tomorrow. Maybe I'll ask them. Uh, that would be uh, cool to see. I know uh, I've never gotten to play in NXL in Vegas. Uh, I know for several of my teammates, they played the last Vegas event, like, you know, three days before the whole country shut down. So, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot yeah. of us are looking forward to go back. Yeah, it was if they do it at the same park, it's it's you know, it's just always so perfect. It's close to a hotel. It's great. It's in a decent park too. It's on like you know, uh, definitely where we shouldn't be, but we are. But <laughs> I'm not sure if we're allowed back there. I can't remember how that went down. I know they had a good contract with with that uh, municipality or whatever was down there. However, they worked that out, but. Um, yeah, that was Vegas is great. We definitely got to go back for sure. I'd like to see a stadium again. You know, one of my first tournaments that I ever refed that was huge. I was like 16 years old and it was at Sky it was a Skyball tournament in Toronto. They played it inside the baseball stadium. That was so cool, man. You had like four or five fields. They had a hotel where you could like stay and like watch down on the games and stuff. They played at night. It was cool. 
Well, they yeah. played on carpet. That's the only thing they messed up. They they laid literally carpet down. But Ugh. yeah, I think a stadium. If we get into a stadium again, I think that'd be kind of sweet. That yeah, would be cool. I mean, hell, if they ever decided to do it in Round Rock, there's a uh, we're in Old Settlers Park, which I believe is basically right next door to there's a triple uh, A uh, baseball team right there. The uh, Round Rock Express, their stadium is right there. So if we ever worked it out, you know, we could put the pro field there. Yeah. They, I mean, they had some events at the the Texas Motor Speedway. I thought that was pretty cool, even though we weren't in, <laughs> we weren't yeah. in the in the arena or anything but we were you know it seemed like you were going to something big you know what i mean so i thought that was pretty cool always over there yeah it would be cool to get something like in the stadiums rather than like hey you're gonna go here and then you're gonna take a right and you're gonna go around the corner and that's where the event is (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's tough man that's tough to to get those things but i know they're constantly working on it that's like that is Tom's thing, man. That is his that is his thing for sure. Yep. Well, I uh, can't wait to see what else we get back into uh over you know the next couple of years. It seems like you know growth is being achieved on some level. So can't wait to see what else is there. Yeah, uh, yeah I I think I think the, I think all the leagues will do something, you know, different or mm. Like season one on one stuff and three on three, two on two, that'd be kinda cool. So I'm sure I'm sure leagues will throw in some fun stuff. The the guys over at Fit are always doing something weird. I'm sure Bunker Fest will try to do something cool to switch it up, you know. So NXL's got those youth games and all that other stuff going on. So a lot of a lot of good stuff going on, I think, in paintball. For sure. Uh, so real quick, everybody that's watching us live, we're about to get to the end of our show. So if you have something that you want to ask Andrew, uh, get your question in the chat. We will get to those here in just a second. So Andrew, this question is something that I ask everybody that comes on the show. Uh, and it's brought to us by get that shot. So message, get that underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram for media coverage at Bunkerfest or NXL. He's going to be at the full series for both. Especially if you're going to be playing in Round Rock, you know, uh, you need media coverage, hit up, get that shot. So, Andrew, are there any uh, teams, players, brands, projects uh, that have caught your attention lately? So who in paintball do you think deserves more recognition for what they're doing? Man, I feel like with media now, there's a lot of people getting recognition all of a sudden. You know, I think there was some awards given out a couple of years ago to to kind of like spark this movement. But um, I'd say, <laughs> you know, who's kind of an, uh, there's there's a lot of unsung heroes and behind the scenes guy, and I'll just say it because I'm a ref. But the scorekeepers, like. Not that they have a crazy tough job, but they have to deal with like a lot of shit that you don't think about, you know, and, and my guy Roderick on the pro field is the man. So <laughs> I'm just going to shout out to that dude because he does a ton of stuff. And I, he, he had to leave to go to a wedding on Sunday and I had, I got to see some of the shit that I don't realize that he does. And I think those scorekeepers and, 
and and some of the behind the scenes guys that they just they don't get anything you know like even the people that are working you know security and stuff like that that really and the setup guys you know the guys that put in all those polls at those nxl events and stuff like that like they don't get any recognition ever um so shout out to those dudes because they're they make it happen they're there weeks before it happens weeks after it happens and at the regional events you know you got guys setting up those things don't just those those banners and everything that make it look cool don't just pop up you know those bunkers just don't set themselves so those guys i would say are, are a shout out that i'd like to give to all right uh so there we have it looking uh at the chat right here before we close up uh so yeah, getting back to that question that we had earlier from Ozzy Boy, just asking about uh, the USXBL, if you felt like there was any bad blood between any players or teams and the refs. No. I hope not. I don't think so. I ain't mad at anybody. <laughs> you know, and we even had like some some crazy situations go down um, that I think were just handled and it was over with, right? Like, just was what it was. So... All right. Uh, another question from, let's see. Uh, where's this question? Uh, there it is. So uh, from Lockery, uh, they say um, they saw a ref tackle a player while pulling him at USXBL. Didn't take him to the ground, but it seemed excessive. What are your thoughts? Damn, I didn't see that. I wish it was brought up to me. Um, yeah, we try not to do that. <laughs> we try not really even to touch players, you know, and it used to be the thing where you'd have to pull people off just to get them to stop shooting their gun back in the day. That's definitely not our, our aim right now. So, yeah, physical contact, we don't really want that going on too much. People get weird about it. And sometimes you might fall or trip or something like that, and then you got a mess on your hands. So, mm. yeah, not not what we're trying to do for sure. I didn't see anyone tackle anybody, though. I don't know. Got it. Uh, let's see. One question that uh, I know that I personally asked you when you were doing the ref clinic. I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts. Um, so sometimes there are things that happen on the pro field that, um, you know, maybe the way that it's officiated or the way that everything plays out wouldn't be how it's typically uh, played out at any other event or in any other division. Uh, big examples being when standoffs happen on the pro field, which uh, a lot of people seem to be fans of, like, especially when you have the go sports commentators like Maddie Marshall, like Rich Telford, they're uh, all saying like, Hey, we need more of that on the field. Uh, you know, does that, when those things happen, does it affect your job at all? Like either in that event or in future events? hundred percent, hundred percent. It all trickles down to where I'm going to be, you know, um, you know, that standoff thing, there was a standoff at USXBL, you know, and you always gotta, it's my job to definitely give my two cents and what I would like to do. Um, there is a customer service thing that happens, happens, has to happen for the promoter, you know? Um, and I think the way things get portrayed in the media, right? Like that, let's just talk about the standoff real quick for the NXL. Mm -hmm. Like that happened, it got handled and behind the scenes, it was 
much different than people probably think, right? Like those two guys weren't even mad at each other after that mm-hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was it was such a bogus, like random thing. And we should have, you know, it should have been handled different, you know, because I don't, and I don't think it was because of like it for what what happened to the player really, but um, and then being upset about getting shot a lot or anything like that. But it trickled down to the other events, right? Now, now guys in D three are doing it, and it's not good, right? Because they think it happened because it was like, oh, he overshot me or whatever. When really it was just two two guys that were just doing some dumb shit, right? Um. But it does affect decision making, you know, like sometimes you're just sometimes things are out of your hands. I'll just Mm -hmm. I'll say that and that and that part. Um, But I think as far as like I think anyone on the pro field that was that was watching that game that played on the pro field knows that that was not okay, Right. Um, But I think we should have I think we looking back on it, I think we should have taking a little bit more time to think about what was going to happen outside of the pro field and, and how it trickled down to D three, how it was going to affect other fields and other leagues um, going forward. And I think that I know that the USXBL made it a, a, a huge point to not allow that, right? Like that was just a, a suspension right away. So, um, yeah, I mean it came up it came up this weekend and I think we handled it correctly. Um but there was still some reckless stuff that happened, so yeah, at some point you have to set a precedent, I think, and you just gotta read the situation. Um and and that can be tough sometimes. So uh, I'll just I guess I'll leave it at that. Mm. But the standoff stuff and the overshooting and all that stuff, you know, that that some promoters want because they want the views, you know, um, they want the likes. And that's what's that, that's what maybe is portrayed as what's getting them more eyes on paintball. That's just the decision that they make, you know, and mm. uh, it's It's going to have consequences eventually, I think. All right. Yeah, I I as a player uh have noticed like things like that, the overshooting and even you know, standoffs. Like I don't remember there being a single standoff like that for a couple of years before uh as far no. as like the local tournaments that I have played and even, you know, the national like the NXL events. I don't remember no, there never. being a single standoff before that happened in I think it was what, Chicago that happened or was it Philly? I can't remember, but um, I'm sure it had happened on, on divisional fields, you know, mm. and maybe just no one, it wasn't covered and no one heard about it. That thing was, you know, the number one thing that Ghost Sports wanted to pump that evening. So <laughs> everyone saw it, you know, if you, I, I would bet if you play paintball or if you follow paintball on any social media thing, you probably saw that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what the issue was that some dudes thought that was really awesome and they want to go do that too. Yeah. For sure. And the thing was like, I think the Gulf coast series, USXBL events that year were the same weekend as NXL events, or it was either the same weekend or the following weekend. 
I I want to say it was the same weekend, but like that standoff happened on a Friday, or it either happened on a Friday or Saturday. The event was Sunday, and there was a standoff that day. Right. So immediately, moment. immediately, it had an effect on on things around it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there was immediate consequences to that. Uh, I heard, you know, there was some stuff that went down at ICPL, and I heard literally the next weekend players were trying it there. So. It the word spreads pretty quick when people start to do some weird shit, and um, yeah, I mean it's just gonna take away from the game. I think you know, like the people that are proud of cheating, um, and we all know that that happens in games. We're not gonna be, we're not gonna sit here and, and deny that, right? Like the people that are proud of cheating, that's gonna come back to bite them when everyone's cheating in every event, right? Like bragging about cheating is a weird thing to me. That is so taboo and so weird, but a lot of guys do it. Um, but if you catch them, they don't want to admit to it, right? In the in the <laughs> in the moment, but they want to brag about it later. It's just kind of crazy. I don't think that's like too 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 big, but you know, it's around. Yep, for sure. So, uh, final thing, kind of off the back of that, before I let you go. Um, so, you know, those things that uh, affect the, I guess, the paintball scene nationally, um, like what are, what are the things that you do to impact the scene nationally? Like are, being the head pro ref, do you get any say in like new rule changes or uh, I guess like ref, uh, like how refs do their job, like doctrine or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. So I, there's always an open conversation. Um, I think every, most people know that Jason Trozen is is the one that is really um, working on that rule book, and and he makes the amendments to them. Um, but he doesn't do it by himself by any means. Um, he's a highly, highly intelligent person, and and you can tell by the way that that rule book's written that um, it's it's done by someone who is um, good with their words, right? Um, but he's constantly thinking, even, even if it's about like, you know, we have a lot of random stuff like the start box, how should the start box be built? You know, <laughs> where should the buzzer be? You know, and those kind of little things, he's talking about that all the time, you know, even, even, you know, if, even if it's mid season and it's like, Hey, what do we, should we change this for next year? Can we, or should we change the procedure on this for next year? Should we really try to enforce this? You know? Um, should we make this a point of like contention in some things or, um, you know, what battle do you want to pick, you know, like for, for that time. And really it's just over the last five years, I think it's just been honing the rules so that the procedure is perfect. Right. Um, and, and consistent or at least written so that it can be done consistently. Um, but there's, there's so much that people want to give their input to. Um, and, and unfortunately, like some of the decisions that are made, like there's no time to test things out, right? Like you kind of just go for it and see how people react and you're never going to make everyone happy. Um, but, but I get to, I get to sit on it on some conversations that are had and that's pretty cool, you know? And I think that um, my opinions has usually been, you know, taken, pretty seriously so it's pretty cool 
But I'll say that the, every decision they make, <laughs> they poke holes in it, and they know they're not going to satisfy everybody. But you can't, you can't sit around and talk about stuff and not try it, right? Like mm-hmm. you got to do something, you know. And and there's always a talk about layouts, and there's always a talk about you know uh, uh, locations, and there's always a talk about format and and all that stuff. But really, if you don't try it, you'll never you'll never figure it out. So you know, people get mad when they make a decision, but it's really you know, they're trying to do it all for the good, not for, not for the, the, the anyone to suffer, like mm. one side be more, <laughs> more, uh, to be more fair or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's like really make it cool, make it, make it fun and make it a good experience for the player. I think, you know, is their main goal. Got it. And, uh, and for every promoter, right? Like mm. everywhere. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, it's all good stuff. It's definitely a unique position that you hold uh, being like the guy to go to for roughing, not just on the national scene, but so many, you know, regional uh, events as well. So it's uh, cool to have gotten your perspective and your experience. You know, there's that. a few of there's a definitely like a few of me. There's there's a few guys out there that do what I do too, you know, and or that could do what I do. And so, you know, there's a it's there's not just you know, I would say this, there's a there's a team of dudes out there that really want to make this cool and and make it um something that we can really make a, a full-time job, not a part-time job and and make legit. So, we're working on that. Hopefully with the major league paintball stuff, some of that stuff happens, you know. I know that uh there's some opportunities that are looking good, so we're excited. We'll see. Well, it'll uh, be exciting to see how, you know, just the scene in general grows over the next couple of years. So, sure. Andrew, uh, this last question is brought to us by Compete, uh, which is Jell Stewart's brand. Uh, message him on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits for 10% off of your order of soft goods. So, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Not man, shout out to you. Looks like you're doing a cool thing out there. Um, yeah, shout out to all the X Factor guys um, that held the US that helped us with the US XVL stuff. Um, their crew is really good out there, so thank you for that. Bunker Fest guys, same thing. Um, hopefully, we'll see some of you guys out at the uh, the round rock round rock of it and uh, for the NXL. So, if you're around and you see me, please say hi. Yeah, we'll do. I know the uh, Texas Titans will be playing. D3, and I think we'll have a D5 line as well. So, cool. uh, yeah. you know, my goal well, and is... You're, on the D, you're playing on the, D... Sorry to cut you off. You're playing D3, right? D3, yeah. So, our goal is to hopefully, you know, get to say hi to you while we're playing on the finals field. So, that's that's what we're going to be, be there. for. For sure. All right. Uh, so, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, be sure to go follow uh, all of the different leagues that Andrew rests for. Follow the NXL, follow USXBL, follow BunkerFest, follow ICPL, follow all those leagues on Instagram. Uh, be sure to get the word out. Uh, and what other guests would y'all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcasts and recordings are posted to youtube amazon apple podcasts and spotify the next day quick shout out to my partners and sponsors we got fu athletics get that shot 
One sponsor I have not mentioned yet is Paintball Kumite, which is Colt Roberts' training regimen that he offers. Uh, just breaks the game down into like the basics, kind of uh, separates all the core mechanics uh, in an easy to learn format. Uh, so if you want to get in on a session, message at Paintball Kumite on Instagram. Mention in the pits for a free one hour session. I know Colt was actually on the uh, refing crew on Saturday for USXBL. Uh, and then Sunday he was coaching the Titans. So uh, Colts definitely about it. Uh, learning all aspects of the game. He was at the uh, ref clinic at X Factor back in or earlier this year. I think he was a big part of how it even came together at X Factor. For sure. Shout out to Colt for that and his wife Des. Definitely. Shout out to Des. Uh, so uh, also, uh, rest of the sponsors compete and hustle town paintball. Uh, we will all see you next week for episode 43, where we will have Ben Challenger, who's a player for uh, Los Angeles Infamous, uh, used to be a player for uh, AC Diesel for the last couple of years, uh, just made the jump, and we're going to get to talk to him, kind of uh, get his thoughts on how the first event went and how this second event's going to go. So, y'all, we will see you next Wednesday, and uh, just checking the chat one last time real quick i see garrett gamboa who's a player for the dragoons who they place i think third place at usxbl on sunday he said that he or he says that uh, it'd be a cool idea to have uh, a cali versus texas tournament where you know all the cali teams play each other in prelims all the texas teams play each other in prelims and then just send the best team from each state out uh you know in like a the finals uh, that'd be like interesting, it. but I, I feel like we would like even our worst team in Texas would beat most of those California teams. So I don't know if we want to do ourselves <laughs> dirty like that, you know? Oh boy. Well, Texas Cali something, man, right? Mm-hmm. Do something cool. For sure. And then Ozzy Boy says TKO D5 will be out there at NXL. See you there, Andrew. Uh, Chris Harrison Wait, also yep. says see you there. Yep. All right, y'all. So we will see you next week. Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, man.